Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you have all, let's say you have $10 billion this morning. And tomorrow you die. How much is left here? Ten billion. Nothing goes with us. You see, if a person dies without a relationship with God, no matter what kind of lifestyle, they miss life. They miss life here. They miss eternal life. Satan is a taker. And when you're in his kingdom, you're a taker. When you're a Christian, you're a giver. God so loved the world. See, if you're discontent this morning, you, you try to fill that with stuff. It doesn't work. What do you place your hope and security in today? What are you spending your time, money, and thought life on? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to consider who they're really following in this life. The enemy loves to use the enticing materialistic pleasures of this world to distract and deter Christ followers from staying on mission. The truth is that none of the things in this world are eternal, only God and people. How can you live with a more eternal mindset today? Many have tried and failed to pursue fame and fortune as a replacement for satisfaction that can only be found in Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Our God Provides. What are you expecting this morning as we teach? Well, Pastor Mario, it's another week. I'm here. What's your problem? Well, because you don't expect anything. I want you to expect you've already already began to feel that, the presence of God during worship. How many felt the presence of God during worship? See, it's real. It's not weird. It's real. And so I want you to think about the presence of God, all service, because we're going to see what that is. God's here. He's going to minister to our needs. Second, some of you found yourself here at Vieira and Sebastian and here in Melbourne or online, and you're not really sure why you're here. You've been searching for a long time. Something doesn't add up in life. You have friends, you have neighbors, you have coworkers, people in the student at, the, at UCF or whatever, and here at FIT, and they have something you don't have, and you've been searching for it, and you, you found your way here. Well, I want to give you the answer for that. It's a relationship with God. So I want you to watch what happens during the teaching today, because many of you are going to accept Christ at the end of the service. You see, you, you, you can never have purpose and meaning unless God is part of your life. It will never, ever happen. So let me just encourage you as we move forward. We begin with Jesus speaking to his disciples. He was trying to teach him, here's what's ahead. Here's what it looks like. Now look at me. Two years they've already been following him. Two years of the three, little more than three, that before he went to the cross in heaven. So they're two-thirds of the way through their internship. Here we go. Luke 9, 23. 
Then he said to them all, Jesus speaking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. They were hearing Jesus say, if you really want to be my disciples. Now notice, Pastor Mark, well, I'm not like into that disciple kind of thing. I just want to, get, I want my life insurance as far as salvation and going to heaven. I'd be saved. I'm not interested in the disciple. Then you have nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity is not about a life preserver for heaven. Christianity is about being a disciple and a follower of Jesus. So he says to them, if you really want to be my disciple, you have to put God first, not you. Number two, you have to choose his will, his plan for your life, not yours. And then as you do that, just follow me. And that's what the disciples had been doing for more than two years. And then some of them were probably thinking, because they know people are going to say, is that really worth it? So he gives us in these next two verses, look at me, two hindrances to people that want to follow Jesus Christ. Every one of those two hindrances, those two They affect me and they affect you today as well. Watch what he says, verse 24. For whoever wants to save their life, spiritual life, will lose it. But whoever loses their life, not for a religion, not for a denomination, not for a church, whoever loses their life for me will save it. Jesus says, here's Hindrance number one, you have to defeat this if you're going to follow me. So write it down. Lesson learned. First hindrance. My biggest hindrance to following Jesus Christ is this. I only do what I want. No discomfort. No risk. And basically, I just say, serve me. That's what many people in churches feel. They come to a church. You've heard me talk about it. And all they say is, Well, what's in it for me? If you try to hoard your life, if you try to cling to it, if you try to grasp it, if you try to take care of ourselves, trust ourselves, what's in it for me? You'll never discover life. If you're going to follow Jesus Christ, it absolutely the definition demands risk. Now, if you want to discover life, you have to defeat that. It's not just about you. It's about what God wants in your life. Now, here's the second hindrance. Look at verse 25. What good is it for someone, kind of a crazy statement, to gain the whole world? What, is, what good is it if you're the richest person in the whole world? Yeah, $700 billion, whatever, and yet lose or forfeit their very self, your soul, your eternal soul. Here's the second temptation. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you have to defeat this. The temptation of accumulating stuff, money, possessions, and position. Jesus said, is this like irrational to spend your whole life trying to own everything? Just gather, 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 gather. Because when you have, let's say you have $10 billion this morning. And tomorrow you die. How much is left here? $10 billion. Nothing goes with us. You see, if a person dies without a relationship with God, no matter what kind of lifestyle, they miss life. They miss life here. They miss eternal life. Satan is a taker. And when you're in his kingdom, you're a taker. When you're a Christian, you're a giver. God so loved the world. See, if you're discontent this morning, you, you try to fill that with stuff. It doesn't work. 
Jesus modeled this. His lifestyle was very simple. You'll see that next week. Now, somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, I like that. That's really good. Nice. That's 2,000 years ago. That's kind of old news. It doesn't really apply to us today. I'm not selfish, and I don't like to accumulate. Next question you'd like to bring to me? That's not true at all. You know, right after this, Paul wrote to Timothy. A few years later, look what he writes. Same exact thing. Watch what he writes. Look at the two hindrances here. This is powerful to me. Second Timothy 3, all of our campuses, you should know this, Timothy, in the last days, hello, we're in the last days, there will be difficult times for people will, number one hindrance, love themselves. Number two hindrance, they'll love their money. Same exact thing. Same two hindrances. Me first, my stuff, forget you. Just said, you'll never follow me. You'll never follow me. Then, look at me. A very difficult statement from Jesus. A lot of people want to get saved. They want to have their sins forgiven. They want the fire insurance certificate that they hand to Peter to get into heaven. But they don't want to follow Jesus. Look what he says. It's a challenge. Verse 26. Whoever is ashamed of me, in my words, the Bible, the Son of Man, Jesus, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory, the Father of the holy angels. What is Jesus saying? He's basically saying this. If you're ashamed of me on earth, if you won't stand up for me on earth, if you only want fire insurance on earth and not a relationship with me, I will not identify you when you come to heaven. You have no chance getting into heaven. How can you be ashamed of me in the word of God and want to spend eternity with me? So don't be ashamed of me. Notice, notice whoever is ashamed of me in my words, when it comes to eternity, I'll be ashamed of you then. Now, here's a challenge for us. What he's saying is, if you'll be loyal to me now, if you identify with me now, if you're not ashamed of me in the word of God, then I will identify you. You'll get into heaven because you're not ashamed of me. Now, is there anybody here this morning that's ashamed of Jesus and his word? You ashamed when somebody calls you a Christian? You, you actually believe that thing? Yes, I do. It's time to stand for Jesus Christ. I didn't say this. He said it. How could we be ashamed of someone that takes us from here to heaven? God help us. Our world has put us into this defensive mode. I'm not talking about picketing and all that crud. I'm just saying in your heart, never be ashamed of Jesus Christ in the word of God. He's what's changed our life. It's amazing. So as Jesus makes this statement... It kind of goes long, and you, know, you can write it this morning. I just wrote it like this. Never be ashamed of Jesus or the word. It's kind of a good thing for you to write to remind all of us. And then he says something strange. Look what he says in verse 27. I, to, truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. He, three of his disciples are going to go up to a mountain. Peter, James, and John. And they're going to get a glimpse, a preview of heaven, of an eternal kingdom. Look how it happens. Verse 28. About eight days after Jesus had said this, Jesus had an inner circle. John was his closest friend. Then he had Peter, James, and John. Then he had the other nine. 
He took Peter and John and James with him and went up on the mountain to pray. So we don't know exactly where this is. We think maybe Mount Hermon, Mount Tabor. So he goes up and he's going to pray. He's taking this tree with him. He's going to give him some lessons up there. He takes him up to the mountain. Now, what do we know from scripture? When Jesus prays, what are usually the disciples doing? Tell me. They're sleeping. Exactly right. So you're going to see the same thing again. In a few moments, they wake up. What's happening up here? So Jesus is up there praying and they're sleeping. As he was praying, verse 29, look at it. The appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. As Jesus was praying, his outward appearance changed. It was not like me that has these crazy lights blared into my face. It was internal outward. He was transfigured. It's a change on the outside that comes from the inside. It was a picture of who Jesus really was in the spirit, who he had been in heaven. Now, as this is happening to him, look what happens up on top. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appear in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. So here's, here's two people from the Old Testament, and they appear with their glorified bodies. Moses representing the law when he was on Mount Sinai. got the Elijah representing the prophets of the Old Testament. They're talking with Jesus. Now look at me. Moses has died 1,400 years before this, 2,000 years ago when this is happening. 1,400 years he's been dead. Elijah never died. He was translated to heaven 900 years before this. What do we learn from that? In a moment, the disciples are going to wake up and go, whoa, because they knew very much Moses as far as who he was. And of course, they'd always heard of Elijah, that fiery prophet, What do we learn from this? Write it down this morning. This is huge. The spiritual world is real. These are people who had died, but thousands of years later, they're in a new glorified body talking to Jesus. You see, the spiritual world is real. That means eternity is real. That means heaven and hell is real. And the real you this morning is spiritual. The real you is spiritual. Well, what are they going to talk about up there? They actually come to encourage Jesus as he goes to the cross. Look at the next verse, 31, our campuses. They spoke about his departure. That word departure in the original language means exodus, moving from one place to another. Moses, the exodus, exodus in the Bible. They move from being slaves in Egypt For 400 years, they moved to the promised land. Elijah, exodus, immediately from earth to heaven, no death. So what were they talking about Jesus? They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. What was going to happen in a little more than a year in Jerusalem with Jesus? He was going to be beaten, died on the cross so you and I could have our salvation, be resurrected, and go to heaven. He was departed, was going to depart to heaven. So what does that show us? Death is not the end of our existence. It's simply a departure from one place to another. Now, Moses and Elijah, as I said, have been living in heaven 
for hundreds and hundreds of years, Jesus soon would go back to heaven after his death where he'd been. So facing those three people, there's an interesting question for you and me. In the Old Testament, the oldest book in the Old Testament is the book of Job. And they didn't get all this. But Job asked an interesting question, which you should ask. Here's the question Job asked. If a man dies, if a woman dies, will they live again? Will they live again? And man has always been asking that. Do you know why? The book of Ecclesiastes says God has put eternity in your heart. Believer, unbeliever, doesn't matter. You know, you know, you'll never admit it to me if you're not a believer. But you know because God put it in there. You say, well, I didn't accept it when God put it there. Sorry. You know when you die, you're going to live somewhere. You may be confused about it. I hope to clear all that up for you today. But you know this is not the end of life. But the world has tried to confuse that. See, the most valuable thing anybody has is their soul, where they'll live when they die. And so the world has come up with lots of excuses, lots of false belief. I'll go through three of them very quickly with you. But only the Bible gives us the truth. And you already see it this morning. Many people say this, that after a person dies, there's no life after death. No eternity. We simple, simply cease to exist. We hear people say, he bought the farm, it's over with, he's back in the ground, where he came from, that's it, nothing, there's no spiritualness, there's no eternity, there's no soul of man, absolutely dead. They call it eternal oblivion. That is not biblical at all. The Bible says this, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. You don't cease to exist. Number two, there's a well-meaning people. Much of their doctrine is good, but some of it isn't. Seventh-day Adventist church, they teach soul sleep that denies a man's consciousness when he dies until the resurrection day. In other words, all those years, until you're resurrected by Christ, you're just in, in kind of limbo. Nothing's happening. There's no existence to you, no, no consciousness of man. But the scripture says that's totally a lie. What does Paul say? Listen, remember this. Absent from the body, death, what's the Bible say? Immediately what? Present where? With the Lord. When Jesus witnessed to one of the thieves who accepted Christ on the cross, what did Jesus say to him? For the next 500 years, you're going to seep soul sleep, and eventually I'll come get you. No, what did he say? Today you'll be with me where? In paradise. And the last one is a very common one. You know, I do a lot of stuff in Asia, and reincarnation is a big deal in Asia. Always has been. The belief that a person after death keeps coming back in one form or another. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Animals, all kinds of things. Keep coming back until they, they actually reach perfection. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many times would you have to come back to get it right? <laughs> Forever. Forget it. I read this, and I'm not making fun, but I just thought it was great about this reincarnation thing. Remember, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then what? How many times to die? No, absolutely no reincarnation. But here's a reincarnation joke. Life stinks. 
How many know that's true sometimes? Life stinks, then you die. Here's reincarnation. Then life stinks again. I'm glad I'm not reincarnated. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, so what am I saying to you this morning? Eternal oblivion. That when you die, it's over. Reincarnation and soul sleep are all false teachings. Notice in this conversation, Moses and Elijah are alive and they're talking to Jesus. Moses didn't come back as a dog. (laughs) Elijah didn't come back as a bug. And I'm not making fun. Do you understand? They're people who they were and they're talking to Jesus hundreds of years after they died. That's the truth. Now, what does that say to you? Here's a lesson you want to write down. People are eternal and they will live forever after death, either in heaven or in hell. You're eternal. Mr. Mike, I don't believe it. Ten seconds after you die, you will believe it. It's too late. When a person dies, they either go in the presence of God or eventually heaven, the new heavens, new earth, Satan, hell, lake of fire eventually. There is no way you don't hear the churches even talk about it. That does. They probably still have it, but they don't really talk about it much. There is no such thing as an intermediary that you can pray somebody out of there. You cannot pray for anybody when they die. After you breathe your last breath, if you're a believer and not ashamed of Jesus, heaven. If not, hell. Nobody can pray you out. That's all false hope. It doesn't matter what happens. It's over. It's finished. That's why there's an urgency in the church to get what? Number one, truth out. Well, I'm going to be fine because I'm going to keep coming. No, you're not. I'm not making fun of that at all. What is it? That's Satan's lousy lying. Because it's too late. And so there's an urgency to get the truth out, but there's an urgency to win people for Jesus Christ. Because they don't know this. Guaranteed, the most of your friends have no idea what I just said. They don't believe it's biblical. And I just proved to you, it is. Now look at verse 32. Peter finally wakes up. And Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Now, what a shock that was to the disciples. They'd watched Jesus in his real body, his human body, tired, needed food, rest. And and all of a sudden, what did they see? They see somebody they don't even hardly recognize. They recognize him, but like, wow, what, what is that glow? What is that? What they see is who Jesus really was before he came to earth. And so here's what you want to write. What did they learn? That Jesus on the earth was fully man, but now they see he is fully God. Doing life with God brings amazing satisfaction, peace, excitement, and joy knowing that God provides everything we need to do life right. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that life is more than a destination. Life is also a journey. God's Word tells us how to do life right. God expects us to obey His Word, and God expects us to believe that He will provide what's best for us on our journey. Do you accept these truths today? Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. How do you know God is faithful and just to provide for us like He said He would? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners examples from the Bible to prove that God provides for those who know and obey His Word. Never underestimate the supernatural. The Lord wants to do powerful things through whomever is willing to commit and devote their life to Him completely. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Luke. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is given